Mina, I've got two words for you, dude. What are they? Residual phlegm. Residual phlegm is just the <laughs> clear sign of the aftermath of being sick, which I still am, still getting over it. You know what gets me better when I'm sick, dude? Uh, medication. Well, yeah, them. okay, fine. That yeah. maybe physically, but yeah. emotionally and spiritually, that's an equal part what of is the it? cleanse, bro. You know what it is? What is it? It's ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Mm. Bro, what a website. Oh, my God. And you know, like, when you're sick, you got to be trapped in your room. You're locked in here. There's not a whole lot to do. There's not a whole, a whole lot to look at. My prison cell is art. I felt like <laughs> I was in a museum. I started, I was just admiring the details. And, bro, let me tell you, this is just one thing. Like, I'm bringing up the jersey wall because, obviously, the show is the jersey wall. I've collected many of the jerseys from ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Yeah. But I'm not just telling people to go there. I'm telling you doing? sending them there equipped for the best possible decision oh, of their life. They're you're going providing to, something. I'm providing something, dude. Ooh. They're going to elmontyouthsoccer.com by clicking the link in the description. Do it right now. Ready? And go put it in your back pocket right now. The promo code TJW10. All right. It's tangible. Oh. This is a tangible promo code. Through the Love internet, it. I will give it to you. You can touch this. TJW10. They will touch your soul, those letters and numbers. It's going to save you 10% on your order. And so just imagine this. You're getting superlative quality at a fraction of the cost, and then you're going to put some money back in your pocket. That's it doesn't get any better than that, bro. That got me through the sickness. So I might have residual phlegm, but I also have a great deal for you. And that's ElmontUtalker.com with the promo code TJW10 at checkout. New, new customers will save 10% on their order. And guys, we hope that's enough for you because we love you. This week on the Jersey Wall podcast, we're going to talk about five things that the international window taught us ahead of the World Cup. We hope you enjoy. Brethren, I promise you I'm never going to get big time. But you know who you're talking to right now? Who, are you talking? who am I talking to? You're talking to a creator with over one million Total views, bro. Let's it go. Finally happened, guys. On finally. Tuesday of last week, TJW Bites officially crossed the seven-figure mark by making literally just glorious content that has now surpassed a million views. Get this, bro. You know what it's at right now, Mina? You're gonna, you're gonna absolutely deuce yourself. One point five. What? It's in rising the like last? the housing market in the GTA, bro. Bro, the inflation even gets the hashtags, bro. Yeah. In like six days, we went from. <laughs> Like 9.9999 to set to seven to all the way to 1.5. So we're just like, we're crazy. Now, did you do something controversial that blew up? Well, apparently, I already know the answer. I, I do. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little later in the show. Listen, the <laughs> one video in particular blew up here. You're not talking to a creator with, who had one video get half a million views, bro. That's just yeah. ridiculous, yeah, man. Like, insane. what is going on here? I'm still the same humble me, but I tell you what, bro. I wasn't ready for the criticism that comes with the spotlight. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> what these, like, high-profile people go through, bro. Because people… And I'll tell you my secret. I'll tell you my secret. But I'll tell you when we get to it. Okay. Okay, I'm because I have, I have done something here, which is so high-minded that it blew this thing up so high. But it also came with a fair bit of criticism that really hurt my feelings. So if you guys… And it's not just, like, disagreements. It's personal attacks against me. They really hurt my feelings, guys. I'm, I know I'm big and tough, but That's I'm also very That's what people soft. do when they don't have an argument. Yeah, that's exactly it, bro. They're just like, I can't communicate you know my feelings well enough to yeah. disagree, so I'll just insult you personally. And you know what? I will never stoop to your level. Because I'm a church-going Christian. I'm a wonderful human being. I teach children. And I teach the masses about 
footy. That's what I do when you dedicate your life to something. Guys, welcome to episode number 163 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nay. And if my voice sounds like it has a bit of gravitas in it, it's the residual phlegm. So keep your distance, but I sound damn good, bro. <laughs> With me today, as always, brethren, Mina. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. I, it's great to see you. I, you know, as great as someone can be doing, but I'm doing okay. You know? Yeah, you're like pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, it's all one things of those. Like nothing, nothing fantastic. Complain. Just like, yeah, it's fine. It's getting gray out here, though. Let me tell you that. Dude, I drove home in a th- like proper like rainstorm. And and Leah said that this is residual from speaking of residual, word of the day. Oh, yeah. word of the day from uh, Fiona. So I, and I won't joke about that because I think it's no, important to like know where horrific. to draw the line. TJW yeah. sends absolute like praise and love to everybody who's affected by that. But we're going to move to the footy of it all. And then we're going to talk about some other stuff at the end. Although also people who are listening to this won't know this, but Mina has a white spot on his shirt which keeps bleeping out uh, yeah, because of the international <laughs> background. So soon I just want to argue with the head of Mina over something. No, the uh, the, the Navy part is going to say. Yeah, me. the Navy part won't. So it'll I'm just, just be like have shoulders. zero torso. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be shoulders, bro. <laughs> You'll get to know what my uh, ID picture looks like. Yeah, exactly. Shoulders, bro. neck, <laughs> and head. When I had that at TSN, bro, half of my head was cut out because my hair <laughs> got stuck in the background when they were editing it. So it just gave me like a, like a T-shaped head. Like a triangle head. And I'm like, oh, goodness me. Anyway, bro, um, I got stuff for us to talk about here. And it's all footy related and it's wonderful. And I know the international window isn't over. And maybe you're listening to this. You're like, bro, where's the bro talk? Like people are usually, they expect this from us, right? The international break usually signifies a bro talk. But we're in rare form right now. And I'm not breaking it because I actually think with the World Cup coming up, this is actually a relevant international window most of them aren't right most of them are either playing like qualifiers where we know who's going to qualify because it's usually like the best two teams in the group there's if there's an upset we'll mention it but like it doesn't have tremendous narrative attached to it and we need that narrative to talk about right or to care about yeah this one did because it's how are teams going into the world cup this is the last that we're going to see of them before they before they play there this is the final tune-up games if you will because people let's be real don't fully respect the nation's league unless you win it right inaugural winner right here (laughs) <laughs> Portuguese national team, but like if and then the, the next year we didn't win it. I'm like, ah, who cares? It's the nations, right? We all yeah, feel the same. The Europa League of International Tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. There you go. Honestly, Tell me I'm wrong. I would like to make an argument against you know I'm a footy purist, but honestly, for that one, that's a damn good comparison. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Uh, I want to start with um I want to start with England. I think that's a that's a good place as I need to start. And my first point here again, we're not ranking them, we're just gonna do the five topics that I've brought up here in any particular order. The first is England. Um, England have no idea what they're doing. No, they don't. No, they really don't. Well, they, I mean, they, God they, save the king and everything, but like, come on. <laughs> Someone has to get sacked. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you're not going to sack a manager with no game experience going into the World Cup, which means what we've seen... Yeah, which is like 70 days ahead of the World Cup. Right. Like, what we've seen is now going to be going into the World Cup. And there's been a lot of opportunity to to fix certain problems, and they just haven't been fixed. Now, we could probably spend a whole hour talking about the England team, but some of the high points basically are there are different schools of thought, whether you want to blame the players or whether you want to blame the manager. I'm sure there's a combination of both somewhere in between. I'm firmly blaming the manager. I have to blame the manager too. And the reason is that most of these guys are like, they're internationals 
because they're some of the best in the world at, at, at who they are, right? Like the fact that before today's game against Germany, where they drew 3-3, they hadn't scored an open play goal in a competitive game since playing San Marino, San Marino. Yeah. like a year ago. And it's not that they have only played like twice since then. They've played like more than 10 games in that time. They finished mm -hmm. bottom of their Nations League group, which means they got relegated into the second tier of the Nations. Hopefully they win that one next time around. Fine. But here's here's a bit of the, the issues, right? They don't know what's going on. Southgate selection is a problem. And we're going to talk about all these things. That, that yeah, it is. They can't score. Before today, like I said, they hadn't scored in a while. Uh, and, and those are the those are the big two, right? And if you can't stop goals from going in and you can't put them in, then you're not going to win games. And that's what Guess we're what? seeing from them. Not the right spot for you. Nope, exactly. So I'll let you start where you want to here because there's so many ways to tackle this. I'll just let you, I'll just open it up to be like, what's going on here? I have to start with the squad. Like there's nowhere else for me because everything else is a derivative of Gareth Southgate's selection for this squad. The guy, everything you need to know is that the guy picked 12 defenders and five midfielders, mm. one of whom had to go do surgery. So they had four midfielders and 12 defenders. And if that doesn't tell you how this guy's going to want to play, that, you know, nothing else will. Right. Because, and, and it's not like he's picking defenders that deserve to be de deserve to be picked. He's picking right. based on previous performances with England. Yeah, right? and who like, he knows. Exactly. The, yeah. The first thing he said when a very he was common theme with international gonna, managers, by the way, we're going to talk a know, lot about you know, that in the show today. Yeah, it's going to be. I know you're going to have one. That oh, don't you worry. We're going to get yeah. to it. We're going to get yeah. to it. The guy said he's going to pick players based on form, not based on historical form. And what what right. has he done? He's just picked everyone yeah. based on historical. That's form. not true. Yeah, exactly. Kayo Tomori, who everyone's been screaming his name since last year, and now that he's won a league. In a league that he doesn't watch, he's like, okay, maybe he's pretty good. I'll bring him in. I'll and then guess what? Player. Doesn't play him. Doesn't play him. Bro, not only doesn't play him, but cuts him from the 28-man <laughs> roster. From they the were like, squad. the squad's too big? Okay, perfect. There's another chance to get Fikayo out of there. Literally. Dude, bro, I made a TikTok today talking about this because I think it's important for everybody to understand. A lot of people hate Harry Maguire, so it's easy to hate on Harry Maguire. I understand that. I agree. He's overhated for sure. He's, He's overhated, over absolutely. Yeah. But he also deserves a fair amount of criticism, but nowhere near the amount that he gets, right? Yeah. He just he gets a lot, a lot, a lot of stick. Fikayo Tomori is England's best center back. Yeah. And my agenda is not anti-Maguire, it's pro-Tomori. And and to be fair. I've been saying he's Canadian for a long time, which for a long time was an acceptable reason for why he wasn't getting called up to the national team because he was Canadian. And Southgate was like, okay, this is a Canadian. He doesn't even play in the Premier League. What are we even doing here? But now Southgate he's like... He doesn't know this guy's name, man. No, he and he's just seen... It's the same reason why Bellingham's in the team. It's not because he believes that Jude Bellingham's a great player. It's because... Because he's never seen him play, bro. It's because he goes, well, he's getting a lot of attention, isn't he? All right, <laughs> so we'll call him up. You know, it's, it's, it's exactly that. He's just like, okay, so if, if headlines are being grabbed, then you must be doing something. But I don't think the Bundesliga is at the same level as the Premier League, so I'm going to go heavy Premier League focus. And hey, nothing's at the Premier League's level. So if you're going to take your, all of your forwards from, from the Prem, that's fine. That's where most of them play anyway, right? There's a lot of quality in this England team. But there's a lot of quality uh, English players who play outside of the Prem who deserve to be starting in this team because they're yeah. better than the players that play. Fikayo Tomori, am I wrong? Fikayo Tomori is the no. best English center back. You're absolutely right. And you know who also gets picked ahead of um, ahead of Maguire, who was also playing in Italy? Who? On current form, Chris Smalling gets picked ahead of Harry Maguire. And I don't know You're why absolutely right. this guy Harry this Maguire. guy is being overlooked. Like Chris Smalling could has... still be this. He could play over Eric Dyer too. I mean, Eric Dyer's done week done in work week out with the team, but. 
Chris yeah. Bowling could play at the center of that back three too if they wanted to. He starts week in, week out. He's doing really well in a league that's purely defensive. Right. And he's absolutely on form a better defender than Harry Maguire, mm. right? You can argue that form taken away, he's still got better attributes based on how the way England want to play. Yeah. And I know Harry Maguire's done well when he hasn't been doing well in club football for England, but there he's not even playing. Right. Like he used to get picked when he when he was doing when he was getting minutes, but he's not even playing. And every single game he's played in every single game he's he's started, we've lost. Yeah. It's been terrible. And, and every single moment he's come onto the pitch, we've looked a lot more shaky. Mm. Add Luke Shaw to I don't care that he scored today. Yeah. Uh, you don't judge Luke Shaw on a fullback based on the goals and assists. You predominantly judge Dude. them on what they do. If they get goals and assists like Trent does, then sure, then do yeah. that. But their first, but their def- their job is to be a defender. And yeah. and like picking 12 defenders and still getting it wrong is a skill in itself. Yeah, it's not a good skill, but it is it is no. something to to talk about. Yeah. And now here's the here's what some people might oppose to this is that England's biggest issue maybe isn't at the back, but it's been scoring over the last like year. Right. Yeah. And this is again where you have to blame the manager because I, I tell you what, bro, like not everything's Pep Guardiola, but give Pep Guardiola a front three of Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, and uh and Phil Foden, and look what happens, right? Like he, he's not gonna struggle to find you goals. That like front line is capable of producing goals, especially with wingbacks. The wingback, like scoring threats that they have at wingback too, should all contribute to a great like goal scoring team. But Mate, there's can disconnect. Get a better result from this front three. Honestly, than- but dude, there's I'm disconnect in the team, and it's it's a bit of a shame because the weakest part of England's team is their center backs, which is why people are criticizing them the most, even if it's not their biggest problem, right? Yeah. Bellingham and Rice are a fantastic midfield partnership. Right? They're, they're, they're wonderful together. The front three superstars in the Premier League, right? Premier League proven players, like elite ones at that. And their subs are still subs players that start for top six level teams. So we know that they have the capabilities to dominate games and score, and yet they're not. And so that, I think, is the ultimate testament as to why the fault lies with Gareth Southgate. And it's because he can't get the most out of the best parts of his team, much less the, the wrongful selection at the back. Which is something that he used to do. He used to, like he, he like he was never a genius, but he's managed to get goals from this England team. And he started <laughs> like playing in a way that would prioritize the attack. And he like he would solidify the back, and then he'd let the attackers do their thing. But now, yeah. even now, it's it, that's not even happening anymore. It's the team is underperforming so much under the sum of its parts. Right. You've got your starting lineup, like you said, is Foden, Sterling, and, and Kane. I mean, in the front three. Yeah. But after that, you've got Tammy Abraham, Jack Grealish, Jaden Sancho, Bukayo Saka. Yeah. Like, you've Mason got... Mason Mount, throw him in there Premier for conversations. League, yeah. Still, and you take in... You take Jared Bowen and, and what's his face? Um, Ivan Tony, and you don't play him. Right? Like, Ivan Tony, absolutely... Like, yeah. no one's no one's... And he offers something different too. He doesn't like deserve to be in the team. He right. he probably does, right? But you still don't play him, and you cut him out of the squad. James Old Prowse, same thing. You cut him out of the squad, right? And and started. We haven't even touched base on people like Rashford or something, right? Like different options that they can <laughs> that they can offer. Like if you're playing on the back foot and you need someone to run in behind, Saka and Rashford have that all day long. If you want to attack and you want to be flary, you you can put Grealish, Foden, Sancho. You can choose between these players, but he's not even having these. Um, not even in the squad or as an option, and and he's just sticking to what hasn't worked, and and it's not going well, obviously. Right. Yeah, and it's it's approaching definition of insanity here, right? Like, don't yeah. keep 
trying the same things and expect a different result. You have the quality of the players. So I ask you, what needs to be done here ahead of the World Cup? Because there's no more time to figure it out. The time to figure it out is behind us. This yeah. is now the time to get the result. And this is a team that finished runners-up of the Euros, right? Like, we know they're capable of making it. And I think Southgate's always kind of prioritized. I think England have had a lot of, like, really good attacking options over the years. And we've all thought, like, oh, how's he going to fit in all this yeah. attack? But instead, he's like, no, I'm going to favor defense. I'm going to make it, like, tight. I'm going to make it compact. I'm going to make it hard to score against and try to win 1-0. And in a tournament, that's fine to do that, right? Yeah. And now we haven't seen them in a tournament in a while. So maybe the maybe the argument becomes when the tournament they'll click back into gear of like how to just win boring and and, and get you know progressively better. But I think form, and this is gonna come up a lot today. I think form is so important in a tournament, like going into something new, because it and I'm I'm treading carefully when I say this, but it almost almost supersedes class. Almost yeah. because when both teams are out of form class will, will persevere when both teams are in form class will persevere and maybe sometimes if one team's in really good form and one team's not but they have you know more classy players they might persevere but i would say largely if a team is like you know in spectacular form even if their players are not 10 out of 10s they're likely to keep that momentum going because momentum is so hard to slow down right england don't have any momentum right now no they have really all the wind has been knocked out of their sails. Yeah, and and I have visions for how to reinvigorate the squad, but they're ones that I would like to talk about closer to the World Cup because we're still two months away, right? Like yeah, we I have think, to still look at to... like what does the injury situation look like by the World Cup yeah. time? Who's in form? Who's not? Who's in, yeah, right. Because all that's important. That conversation down the road a little bit. Yeah, because you know it's important. Like Calvin Phillips is probably not going to be at the at the World Cup. How does his absence change? what the team's enabled to do like going forward. There, there are definitely like things that have happened, but ultimately no one's going to care that like what the reason was that England underachieved. They're just going to look at them and be like, how did this crop of players not do more? Right. right? I Which, think another thing and, to mention is that sorry, this yeah, is going go to be the last tournament for a lot of international managers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to talk, maybe, very, maybe we can touch back on this correct. later in the, in the show, but I think this is like a now or never point for a lot of managers and there can only be one winner. And somebody's going to be really, really disappointed. A lot of people are going to get sacked. Yeah. And you know what? Southgate should never have gotten the contract extension. You're now... Right. But it doesn't make him immortal, the right? Like, thing, he's still going to no. get... It's not worth anything. It's going to get sacked if, if, they, exactly. if they don't perform. It's it's the famous saying, like, you either you either die a hero or live long enough right. to become the... To, to become the yourself. Like, become the, yeah. And, and he's at that point now. Like, he's gotten... He made the team a lot more lovable. He, made, right. he had a, brought back the connection with the fans. He took them to a semifinal. Yeah, it was an easy route to the semifinal and, and the the yeah. first first difficult team to, they face, they lose. But whatever, it was still a very young team. Mm. And now they take it to the final, got beaten by Italy, which they shouldn't have, but they still got beaten by Italy. Right. And, and Italy now, were in form like, at that time. Like Italy exactly. did the, the line. No one's taking that away from Italy. Yeah. But and, no one expected Italy to win. <laughs> I don't think. 100%. Either, right? 100%. And now it's just... You're doing the same thing, expecting different results, which is exactly mm. what you said. It's a definition of insanity, and yeah. that formula is not going to work anymore right. because you were probably playing to the level of the team, but now you're severely underproducing, and it's yeah. and it, it all the whole reflection has to go back to the to the manager because this team is not together enough to fight. This team is not together enough for to have dressing room issues. Yeah, right. It, they they come together every once in a while, and we know that there's no. Uh, factions anymore in in the squad right. because of because of teams 
but when that's the case, the, the arrow only points to the manager. You know, one thing, because I want to move on, I want to talk about, we have lots yeah. of teams to get through today, but one more thing I want to ask about is Trent. Do you think Trent deserves a place in this team? Because he's not being included in any capacity. Trent on form does not deserve a place, but Trent, based on what he can offer on the pitch, when he's feeling good, he should be in the squad. But I don't think I would have started him. But it's not like they have a lot of options at left back. It's a weird spot. Oh, sorry, isn't right. it? Like, yeah. yeah, like they, it's not like that. I hope you're joking. It's not like they have a lot of options at right back. They only have seven. Yeah, yeah right back. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing with, with Trent. Um, it seems weird that he's not included, right? Because we look at like his quality for Liverpool and we're like, well, surely this is an international player. How can he not yeah. be? But he's not as complete as Reese James. And no, I, think James he, I think I would prefer Reese to my team too, right? Too. So it offers up the question, well, should Trent play in midfield? And then you go, well, he might have the characteristics to play in midfield, but it, like is now the time to experiment and say, yes, Trent is going to be my midfielder for the first time ever. Because like positions are becoming a little obsolete in modern football, right? Like Trent, where he occupies the space of, is not at the back right corner of the pitch. It's at like, the inside right forward spot because that's where he's setting in, you know, these yeah. in-swinging crosses, right? But going against him, he often gets run through by many, many decent wingers. He, so he, I don't, he always does. <laughs> prefer to get, like he's improved, but he still gets spun because the wingers around him have improved yeah. too, right? Um, and, and back post, he gets dominated. I don't think Reese James offers those same problems. So as much as I would like to say, yes, Trent definitely deserves a spot in this team, I met with the fact that nobody deserves anything. You have to no. earn it. And Reese James is more complete and therefore he deserves the spot more. Right? Like no, it doesn't matter what you what you did two or three years ago. It's yeah. not just what you're doing now. And right. but that's why I think like Trent deserves to be in the squad because of what he can offer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he deserves to start and then he yeah. deserves to be on the bench every single week when Reese James is there because Reese mm. James outplays him every single time. Yeah. You know, it's and he offers a lot more solidity. It's they're different styles of right just, backs, aren't they? Yeah, he's yeah. just a better player right now, right? And that's it. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, we'll move on because there's lots of teams to get through today. Um, the second one I want to talk about is France, another yeah. team who are not in great form going into the World Cup. And this is something that we learned about them. I think France are in trouble, like trouble, so, trouble. Too. The the this curse of World Cup winners not making it out of the group is. It's a bold prediction to say they're not going to make it out of their group. They've also but got a hell of a lot of injuries. They have a ton of injuries. They have Well, here's what they have, right? A ton of injuries. They really lack midfield right now, big time, right? Which is where, I don't know if you heard of this, games are won there. If you don't have midfield, you're going to have a real problem, right? They have a th they have way too many center backs. It's a thousand. It's causing more problems than it's solving because you don't know. Like, And you could probably do the math better than, than me on this. How many combinations of center backs are there if you play in a back three and there's and there's 21 options? Like it's exponential value. It's not yeah. three times 21. It's not. No. It's it's like three times this times this times yeah, this. Yeah, times yeah. this. It's, it's about 400 million options. That's like literally <laughs> what it is. And I don't know which one is best. I can speculate on which one I would prefer to see. But again, form, fitness, you know, um, who their opposition are all important factors. And I think that this like good problem to have, and I put that in air quotes, is not a good problem. It's affecting the squad cohesion because they can't figure out what the best option is. 
And that's taking away from the chemistry, which is it's so important to win, right? Yeah. They also have um, this conundrum between wingers versus wingbacks and which one is more optimal for the system, right? Do you want to play with a front three or a midfield three is the question. With the midfield lacking, you almost have to say, okay, well, I'll play with two forwards and wingbacks so I can have more players in this right. part of the pitch. But this is still not an ideal situation because your wingbacks are not oftentimes what dominates the game for you or what wins the games for you, right? And then the, the final point here that I have, and then we can talk about all three, is Mbappe. Mbappe is becoming a little diva, bro. Yeah, he's, beca- like he's, like not- he's becoming such a hateable player. It's yeah, so- and it's crushing because like this is the France squad in 2018 that won it was built for success. There was like Pogba was able to do his best work because they put work rate players around him. Right. Yeah, and so you can get the most out of him. And uh, Mbappe was was a very hardworking player who was ascending onto the scene. Now he's top of the world. He's like, okay, yeah, this is just like me. Give me the ball. I'll try to I'll try to finesse it as I normally do. Benzema is injured. Angolo Conte is injured. Some of the best players in their team are injured. You know, Pogba's injured too, but yeah, you Pogba still need a lot to offset Pogba's abilities. And they don't have it right now. And yes, Chuameni is wonderful and Kamavinga are wonderful. But this has been the pivot of the midfield, which has done terribly in the Nations League, which is our most recent example of what's going right. on. So and they France got lit up. Are, they yeah. got lit up by pacemaker Christian Eriksen. Let me tell you. Look, <laughs> hey, the bionic man, bro. Listen, Let me tell you, dude. <laughs> that is not a weakness anymore. No, it is not. Didn't we theorize this he was dude a is a, This dude has an energizer bunny in yeah. his heart. I will never, I will never, I, I know it's bro science, but I will never back down from that. He is immortal. Bro, you know what that reminds me of? Right. And this is kind of off topic, off topic, but I saw a hilarious meme. Oh, God. Was this go. guy with, he was an amputee, but he had like those, those prosthetic legs. Yeah. And he was climbed a mountain and he was at the peak and someone said, you what's your say. excuse? And then the guy commented, my legs are getting tired. My legs get tired. <laughs> I know exactly and, which one that is. My legs hurt me. <laughs> that's, the, that's the same energy. That's exactly it, bro. How come we can't all have the exit stamina? Well, I'm tired. <laughs> like he, he has, has, you know, electricity in his heart. Like he's the dude's got a defibrillator man. to give him energy every time he's tired. It's so funny, like Barry the cyborg in Archer, where he's just like <laughs> always gonna beat Archer because he's like, oh. Sorry, I have no weaknesses. <laughs> That's what Erickson's becoming. And he's honestly, Erickson's been everybody's favorite player for a while, but now he's immortal yeah. and bionic too. So, yeah, but now he, like, he plays for a serious club. Everyone's taking notice. So oh, yeah, I'm sure that's sorry, it's, Tottenham. It's not like this was happened last year. Yeah, I'm shaking on Tottenham. This is these are your arch. That's not a Brentford like, rivals dig? there. No, no, no. Okay, that's I thought a, you were kind of digging at Brentford. Dig. I was like, come on, man. They gave him his, a shot. After his career is Man United, Inter Milan, Brentford. <laughs> And then Spurs. It's Spurs. Reach the Champions League final. That's how his like, yeah. That's how like his club size has right. been. What about Ajax? Oh yeah, fuck it. Send, <laughs> move, Spurs don't crack the top five. Move Inter five down. Ajax is second. Yeah, there you go. All right, fair enough. I'm fine with that list. Anyway, what do you think of of the whole the France of it all? It's really weird, man. It's it's so strange because a lot of it would change if Mbappe changes his his attitude. I really yeah. think, and if they were happen. healthy, right? Yeah, like if it, it there, these are a bunch of big ifs, but all all you're missing is really like one solid midfielder back, and then you now you have a sick front, a sick starting midfield three, right? Because you still have your well, center. If they go with the midfield three, right? Because they still like yeah. if they have the wing backs, maybe they don't want to go with the midfield three because they're not going to play three five two. Right, but if Pogba comes back and you have a midfield of freaking Chouamini, Pogba, and Kamavinga, right? Like, yeah, you're right. That does or work. If really someone well. yeah, someone yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, right? Fair. Like, that's fair. 
that, that a sick midfield, great. bro. So that's the Golo Kante comes about back. The midfield, yeah. if that's your starting so, midfield. Does Kante win them the World Cup, bro? Is that what we're Again? talking about here? And Golo Kante being at the heart of everything, dude. Yeah. Thinking of immortal hearts, he must be bionic too. There's no way. Yeah, I think that's what the pacemaker was made of. They took Angola Conte's flesh, they made it into like a malleable machine, and they, yeah, hundred percent. He donated blood to Christian Eriksen, which turned. He's actually made of vibranium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they've got plenty of center backs, like you said. Furlong Mendy is is a is a class uh, fullback, and. Well, and, dude, and again, it's not Teo like they're Hernandez. weak up front, you like, know, like they've got them, yeah, Teo Hernandez as well. You know, like got Mbappe and Nkunku and Griezmann, who doesn't have to play 40 minutes now because it's yeah. for his international team. <laughs> <laughs> he could actually start games. Who knew? Yeah. And like, all you have to do is wait a couple months for Benzema to come back, right? Like, but if Mbappe is leading from the front and he's actually putting in the work, then the other team doesn't have to accommodate for him. And right. I do think that his his attitude is is spreading through the team. Like there's something about mm. this workhorse team that that won the World Cup in 2018. We all remember the the halftime team talks from Pogba and like yeah. uh, all those, you know, how together that, that squad was and how yeah. much of a unit it was. That's no longer there. And I don't know why it is. Because at that time we were saying, this is, they have such young talent. They're going to dominate for the rest of, you yeah. know, the, the next time. Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and now since then, Chouamini and Kamavinga have emerged, and it's like, well, there's no more excuses. You've got even more talent. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, These dudes are better than Blaze Matuidi was, and you thing. won the World Cup with him playing at left mid, bro. Like, what are you it's doing? It's an attitude thing. That's that's yeah. what I have. Right. Like, if they can somehow become more of a together squad and bring back their their leadership players, their experienced players, then they can do something. But otherwise, it's it's not going to go well. Mm. I think. I just would love to see, like, just a hypothetical lineup. Stay with me here. I know they have a billion center backs, but forget the center backs for a second. And they don't have the, the strongest. Do, am I forgetting a right back? I don't, don't say Pavard because Pavard's not like in the same. But if you wanted to say like Pavard play and then he can play like the, the back three because Taylor is yeah. going to be so far up, fine. But dude, I would love, like, I would love to see N'Golo Conte at full fitness next to Chuameni and Kamavinga. Forget Paul. That would be sick. Just to see that, that midfield. Sick. And then, like, the front three of, like, Mbappe, Dembele on the wings, and center forward King Kareem. Yeah, but which That could Mbappe? still win the World Cup, dude. You know what I mean? Like, they're such a I good know. squad. But they're in terrible form. And like I said, like, that form is a real problem. And the injury crisis is not helping them. If no. they have their best players back in the team at full fitness, I think... And this is something that maybe can offset that that toxicity is that they don't have those leaders in there right now, right? Like mm. the and Benzema is Benzema was exiled from the team for a thousand years. He wasn't there when they <laughs> won the World Cup. I'm not saying he's like a mentality monster, but he knows how to win, right? And he knows how to like not make it all yeah. about him to get the most out of the team, which might help Mbappe a lot as they gradually play together. It didn't work that well in the Euros, right? Yeah, no, no team is is better off by losing. Karim Benzema, like let's no, get this. Yeah, break. exactly. And, and and Golo Kante too. Like talk about yeah. the heart of a midfield. I think he removes single-handedly, like like a paper towel, all of the toxicity. He just wipes it up when he gets there because no one's yeah. gonna be negative around Angolo. Yeah, exactly. You he's know? he's the magic eraser of yeah footballers. He's the bounty quicker picker upper. <laughs> How many more of these can we do? How many, dude? We have millions, man. This is what makes the show so special, right? Who else can give you metaphors in the middle of the freaking? Uh, the analysis. Anyway, okay. Uh, any final thoughts on France before we move on? Because I got a lot to say on the next one. Let me tell you. Uh, no, I just I'm happy to see that Luis is no longer 
goalkeeper. Magic Mike Magnan. Let's go, bro. Run it up. He's the best. He's the best French keeper now. He has been for some time. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I think Deshaun is not as um, uh, like concerned about Prem proven. He's like, no, who's a better keeper? He's like, oh, <laughs> Magnan's a better keeper? Cool. I'll play him. What a wild... Approach. Imagine that. You know, like crazy concept here. Anyway. Hey, Gareth, take notes, bro. Buddy, I got news for you. Everybody, everybody should be watching all the leaks because what <laughs> you'll find is amazing. You'll be like, holy crap, this is really good. Who knew? <laughs> anyway. <coughs> Couldn't even hit the cough button for that one. The sickness is coming <laughs> Um, <laughs> The next one that I have to talk about, bro. Fernando Santos will lead Portugal to another disappointing World Cup. Breaks my heart to say. <laughs> Breaks my heart to say, Vina. Oh, uh, you've already written the the uh, the last episode, have you? That's what we've learned about. That's that's what we've yeah. learned about from this international break. And I still have two teams after this. So, and I've like, let me put this let me tell you guys the punchline, and me. then I'll and then I'll say say the joke. It's like that's the whole approach to the tournament, right? Like, let me tell you how this is going to end, and then I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. You know. We're going to get there. Pretty much. Like, am I wrong, dude? Fernando Santos is not winning no, the World Cup. No. Could we win no. the World Cup with another manager? Yes. And this is the thing. Like, and people may not you be would. It's not if you could. You would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not with any other manager, but it's with no, it's a different else. manager. You and I Anyone. Can what about Southgate? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's the exception. He's the exception. <laughs> no, this is the thing. Okay. This is where I have to bring up a lot of stuff. Okay. Let me get things off my chest right now. Okay. Go off. Because, bro, th- it, this helped us. You know, I've been working for the last year to get the TJW Bites to a million. And mm. this video did it in six days. And it got to half of what I've done over the last year. And so Tell thank you to everybody. Who, about Fernando Santo. Yeah, thanks to everybody who tuned into this. But a lot of people missed the mark on this TikTok that I made. Basically, ahead of the Czech Republic match, I made a TikTok. And this is important to, to why Portugal are not going to win. So I'm telling everybody, but I want you to, to, uh, to think about why this is important. Okay, I'm listening. Portugal are always going to beat the Czech Republic. I'm not concerned about that. It doesn't matter who they play. I know How that they're going to be in the Czech Republic. Right? Like, Portugal have enough quality that even if Fernando Santos is the manager, even if we're rotating the squad, we're giving other people a chance, they're going to win. Okay? Yeah, despite of Fernando Santos. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, despite. Not because of, but despite. Yeah. Um, now, my issue here is Fernando Santos ultimately trusts his old guard enough to prohibit the development of the young players. Mm. Okay. And the old guard is not good enough to win the World Cup. And the young players haven't had enough exposure to the first team where they will now be able to make a difference for it. So we're doomed. And that's what it comes down to. Now, this is the point. Anybody, like, you should be able to watch the video that I made. Go watch it on uh, TJW Bites, Master Chef Nail, TikTok. Go look at it. The first one pinned on my profile. Everybody should have been able to understand that this was the point of the video because I singled out the old guard in particular who started against the Czech Republic, Mario Rui. Um, William Carvalho and Danilo. Okay. Okay. I I have never slandered Danilo on this show. I've always just said he's average, and he is average, and he's playing at center back, and he plays at center back with PSG. So people will go, well, he plays at center back for PSG, so he must be a great center back. No, he's not. He was signed on loan on deadline day last year as a holding midfielder because PSG had a billion of them. And he was, they were like, we need more gravitas in midfield. And so they brought in Danilo to be another enforcer. He ended up playing center back because they're like, oh, you could probably do a job there. You're big enough. And that's what he does. A job there. That makes him stopgap. He's yeah. good enough to partner Ruben Diaz, and I have no problem with him there. 
However, Buddy, there, are, there are four, <laughs> four U21 center backs who right now could and should be playing there because their potential at center back far exceeds what Danilo is able to offer. Does that sound like I just said there are four center backs better than Danilo? Absolutely. That does. is completely different, right? No, it absolutely does. What's you that? said that they were better than Danilo. That's what I said, right? Gonzalo Ignacio. My internet logic tells me that that's the case. <laughs> Gonzalo Ignacio, Diogo Leite, Antonio Silva, and uh, David Carmo. Okay, David Carmo. Four U21 center backs who are all ascending. I believe if they had had... Do any of them play center back for PSG? No. No, exactly. No, they <laughs> play for Union Berlin. They suck. Oh, yeah, but they're undefeated. They're, they're fucking the, second the in the, the league. Bundesliga. They're top of the league. They're undefeated. But yeah, he sucks. He hasn't been the core of that at all. Right? David Carmo had an unbelievable season for, for Braga last year. He moved on. Guess he's also trash. Gonzalo Ignacio, trash, because he plays in the Champions League. Obviously garbage. Antonio Silva, I love as a Benfica, but he's so new that I was like, Okay, he's just, he literally just got promoted. Like, he just spawned yeah. this year. That's great. I hope yeah. he develops really he well. He just unlocked a face on FIFA. Yeah, exactly. Before, he was a silhouette, you know, six months ago. I want him to continue developing before he gets the exposure to the first team minutes. But I still gave a lot of center back options. that I'm like, if these players were selected by Fernando Santos from the last, like, you know, over the last year, let's say. Yeah. Maybe not even Antonio Silva because he's brand freaking like brand, brand new. But the rest of them are 21 or older, between 21 or, two, or 23. They play with the U21s. That's what a U21 is, bro. A player who plays with the U21s is a U21 because they play with the U21 team. That's what they get called up to. Yeah. I think if they had had the time to integrate into this team over the last year, Danilo would not be a shout for center back. They'd be like, oh, this is a really strong partnership that we've seen develop in the Portuguese youth uh, like squad because they were reaching like youth World Cups and stuff. They are really, really good at what they do. Partnering um, Ruben Diaz, I think, is a like perfect partnership for Ascension because imagine this, you're playing a center back at a center back. <laughs> I think then you have the option to play Danilo in midfield. I don't love you. Danilo, but I hate William Carvalho, right? So Danilo right. can go play in midfield for all he wants. He's well-established. Carvalho yeah, sucks. Carvalho. William Carvalho yeah. sucks. He he sucks. And here's what, and I've said this, I've maintained this for years. I liked him when he was 22 because I always like favor youngsters. Like but I liked him because he had potential. Like he could yeah. he could move at the time. He was you know, he was he was slow. He was never fast, but he had like potential to be like a destroyer midfielder. And he never reached that potential. And he ended up moving on to Betis and Betis have been good this season and and he was decent last season with them. But it's very slow on the ball in, in the league that he plays and in the system that he plays in the team on, uh, that he plays at. He doesn't make progressive passes. Not that he needs to with the national team. But as a six, I think like his style of six, you have to have a few things, right? That he doesn't have. He has zero mobility. Like he can't yeah. shift. His agility is, is terrible. He's slow on the ball. And he can't pass because he doesn't have the composure. So all of the things, and Fernando Santos has seen him as his best six option for a long time because he was like, oh, this is my, I can trust in this guy. He's going to take us to, to another level. He's not. And I think Paulinha is better than that now because Paulinha is better at those three things. He's more composed on the ball. He can pass better and he's a destroyer and a physical monster who moves around better, right? So yeah. William Carvalho playing as the six in your, in your midfield will not win you the World Cup. If you disagree with me, I don't know what to tell you. If you think William Carvalho at the six is a World Cup winning CD, look at who's played that position in previous World Cup wins. I don't know what to tell you. 
You know what I'm saying? It's and such then, an integral position that you can't trust William Carvalho to do it. No, because exactly. Because we have better options. Yeah. You could play Ruben Neves there. You could play Paulinho there. You could play Bernardo with one of those two in that position to carry the ball forward. You could play Vitinha there. There's a ton of options that could be played there. Carvalho is not one of them. And Mario no. Rui is the last one. I understand he's doing well at, and Napoli are doing well this season. It is a game against the Czech Republic. Why is Nuno Menge not starting this? Right. What, are, what are we doing here, guys? Like, no, have dude. him start to get these minutes because, you, like, he needs to play. Maybe you don't want him to play against Spain. Or maybe you do want him to play against Spain. Give him 45 minutes to, him to start this yeah. one, right? Like, he needs, they all need that chance at development, right? Especially since we've seen the the last, not like, not this one because this was Nations League, but there were so many international friendlies that they could have been embedded into the squad yeah. because there's nothing riding on it. Just try your new guys and, and develop the kids. Right. Because the kids, his, their potential is better. Now, what I said to get this to blow up, this guy right what here. What did you do? Cancelo was suspended. I said, why wasn't Cancelo suspended over, uh, selected over Dalo? And people lost their minds. They're like, Dalo's been excellent this season. Dalo's the best fullback in the world right now. People are losing their minds over He's Diego not Dalo. The best they understood that I was slandering Dalo for being like, why isn't Cancelo selected? Why did I do this, Mina? Because, ready? People yeah. don't love perfect content. They love to argue and to point things out. So I'm yeah, okay. Of course. With, so what do I do? Say something slightly different. And then they're going to tune in and be like, oh, bro, this dude, he doesn't know. And then what did I do? I got I got 200 new comments, which is going to bolster the interaction big time. And it blew up. So I did this. I did this on purpose, believe it or not, for Cancelo. But it, it sparked an interesting debate, which is does Joao Cancelo... Does Diego Dallo deserve to start at the World Cup? Should he be the right-back starter and then Cancelo start at left-back? Or should Cancelo be the right-back starter and then Nuno Menge start at left-back? And Does I actually think Cancelo, that's interesting. Can, yeah, it is It is an interesting I would love to hear because you're, like, you see Dallo play every week, right? Like, he's been really good for United this season. But is he better than Nuno Menge? I wouldn't say so. Like, he's he's picked up for him. He's, he's doing really well. But right. I, I wouldn't say that he's lighting it up. Like, he's... Mm. he's he scored two goals that day, and they loved loved to throw yeah, that yeah, yeah. The amount of people who commented 4-0, I'm like, do you guys think I'm yeah, disappointed again, that we won? That's the fullback's job. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, he played like Cancelo, and people were like, people actually were commenting that he has better potential than Cancelo. Like, he can be better. I'm like, people are stupid. Oh, God, okay. guys. I don't know what people to tell stupid. you here. Cancelo's the greatest left back in the world, and he and he's a right back, right? Like, he's... People <laughs> 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 need Honestly. to stop talking about him, man. Like, yeah. Um, no, Delos played really well. He deserved to start. So well said. That's so well said. <laughs> He's the best left back in the world. It's true, right man. Back, bro. <laughs> it's so true. And that's yeah. why I think it could work in the World Cup, having Delos and, and Cancelo both starting. Like, right. And I'm fine with that, to be honest. I don't and mind people, it. people wouldn't be really pissed off at no. that. Like, if you if you want to play Cancelo right back and, and Nuno Manja at left back, go for it. But if you want to, like, change it up and play Delos because he deserves to be part of the squad, he absolutely does because he's yeah. been playing really well. He not enough to bench Cancelo though. Like no, no. If if Cancelo is playing, one of Cancelo the two has spots. to be playing at left back, right? Yeah, like he's he's exactly. going to be one of the two of them, right? And he's going to do equally well at any of those systems because he plays that left back position in the most complicated left back position in the world because right. he plays it at City. Yeah, and he's literally the he's best asked left to do more than anybody else. A right back. Right. So it, it's and I don't think to be honest that Fernando Santos knows how to handle that, which is why I think he will play no. right back and Nuno Mendes will play left back because. He's fine. like, I need traditional fullbacks. So where are my traditional fullbacks? And I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, like that's okay, right? And and Portugal have the literally a squad for every single formation that you could possibly want to play, and every single style of football that you possibly so could want to play. Yeah. It, they could throw them in in a back three, 
and then have you know the low playing at a right wing back you, you can do whatever you want with them mm-hmm. like the low deserves to be part of the squad he deserves to start a few games but definitely not over Kinsella. Right. And what about as for the rest of the stuff? Like, do you agree? Because I feel like I had to vent that a little bit just because I don't I don't I respond to stuff on TikTok because I I just want the interaction. I want it to blow up. I want it to get big. Yes, I'm very selfish. You want to yeah. hear me talk about meaningful things? Come right here on the Jersey Wall podcast. I'll tell you everything you need to know. But I I think that objective truth is that Portugal's old core is not good enough to win the World Cup. Fernando Santos will trust them ahead of the youth players. And the youth players have higher potential to win the World Cup had they been able to play for all this time, which they haven't. And so, like, Portugal are not yeah. going to win the World Cup. And that's uh, – it is what it is. Like, what are you going to do? I didn't even mention the Ronaldo of it all, the Bruno of it all. I still think there's different versions of the squad that I would love to see. But to say, like, I want to see the front three of of uh, Rafa Leao playing with, like, Joao Felix or whatever just as a thing. Like, that's salivating for most. Yeah. Under Fernando Santos, I'm like, what's the point? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's not, not going to, what's he going to do with it? Right? Like, he just brought in Bruno because he's like, oh, Bruno could create. It's like, dude, there's so many midfield options. Like, Portugal, you're right, have so many options of styles of things that they can do where it can be like, we need a little bit more pace and physicality. Let's bring in Renato Sanchez. We need a little bit of like, hold it down. I prefer Polina. I think Polina is way better than Carvalho. And I watch both. That's how I'm able to form that opinion. Right? Yeah. I think he's better. I think if you wanted to just like be like, okay, I think we're going to have a little bit more of the ball. We don't need a destroyer. Then let's play Ruben Neves and Bernardo Silva because Bernardo at the center mid spot playing box to box, that's his best position. It's not playing off the right. We have wingers who can do that job, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that I know more than Fernando Santos, but I have different opinions of what has happened. And I think that for anybody, if we can't agree that Portugal's old core is not good enough to win the World Cup, Fernando Santos will think that they will. We have different opinions. We'll see who's right if we win it. This is a win-win for me because I'm either right or Portugal win the World Cup. And guess what? If Portugal <laughs> win the World Cup, I will send the biggest retraction letter of all time. We'll do 17 episodes in a row yeah, yeah, where yeah. I just talk about who's the greatest manager. an apology to Fernando Santos. Yeah. Personally. A video, yeah. a cameo. I'll walk to his house. Yeah. I'll say it in Portuguese. Across the Atlantic. Yeah, I'll walk there. I'll, I'll yeah. walk along the bottom of the shit, ocean. Shit. I'll hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever I have to do. Because, damn, that would be very impressive. But I don't think that that's realistic. Anyway, but that's what no, I wanted to get off my chest for Portugal. Um, they haven't played Spain yet, which is probably their biggest test. I mean, but Spain they, just lost to Switzerland, so, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you'd expect them to turn up a little bit more against Portugal. I think Portugal are better than Spain. Sorry. Like, I do think in terms of player caliber quality, they have a better squad. They have better players. And I just don't think that Fernando Santos can get the most out of it. I think he still approaches things like we're the small team going into the game, and we're not. These are elite, elite talents. Like, some of the best in the world in their positions. And the mentality should not be, like, you know, um, oh, my God, Miguel Veloso is still in holding midfield, bro. Like, that's such a distant memory of what this team is that you don't have to approach it the same way. We don't have to play freaking Nani next to Ronaldo up top anymore. We have Rafa Leao now. In the 85th minute. Right. Like, there's so many different... There's so much to love about the potential of the team that I want to see that I just think... And I I think we will lose at the World Cup. I don't know how far we'll make it. It'll depend on the draw, but I think they're good enough that they should be able to seriously have a conversation about winning it. And they're not going to. And then when they lose, Fernando Santos will be sacked. So I agree. I agree. He's playing like an underdog with a team of world world star potential. Yeah, team of world beaters. Imagine. 
Imagine if Spain did that back in the day. Like, oh my god! Like, like that Spain, like core yeah. Spain, which won the everything. Spain. The dynasty yeah. Spain. If they were like, you know what? Let's try to shut them out. Like, what are you doing, bro? Get yeah. <laughs> the game. You have the best player. Anyway, I have two more teams that I want to talk about here. Uh, the fourth one we're going to cram in because the last one I want to I want to spend a little bit more time on. <clears throat> I think this was actually worth mentioning here and maybe not a lot of people would mention this one but I, I actually think it deserves some time netherlands could do some damage here yeah right like at the world cup the netherlands might be a little bit more of a force than we may have anticipated because they, they missed could, the last because world what cup. they're undefeated right? since van gaal came back yeah they, they haven't yeah. lost in, in forever dude like they haven't lost any recent games so the last that i could like scroll back through in fob mob just to check form and to be honest that's a pretty good marker because it's the last year anything beyond that who cares yeah Right. So in the last year, basically, they haven't lost any Nations League game or friendlies, right? They were five and one in their Nations League group. And what I really like about them is the solid squad balance from right. center back to attack. They have they have like, it all. it's really balanced. Yeah, they have really yeah. solid center backs who are very athletic and very intelligent and who can shut games out, especially in a back three, moving into like this workhorsey string pullers in midfield who are very composed on the ball and then progressing yeah. forward to these like electrifying fullbacks and and strikers who are very intricate and very dynamic and you don't necessarily need like the Vout Veghorst you know target man who's 6'9 <laughs> who can head it in you can have like Cody Akpo and and Memphis Depay like skilling through everybody and it's actually good enough to work yeah I think that I didn't I didn't think that the Dutch team would be that big of a threat ahead of the World Cup but now I think they're an absolute lock to make it out of their group and I think if I'm remembering to our like ve- like way too early prediction, they have Ecuador and like Senegal in there. I don't know if I would have included them. Now I think like yeah, the top of the I don't group, think we did. I think we we all spoke about like how Senegal could do something or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I'm I, super I, hot I on Uruguay, we, right? So yeah, I don't think we looked. At, I mean, not uh, Uruguay, Ecuador, Ecuador. I don't think we looked at the Netherlands the way that we should have, to be honest. And yeah, um, but if you look at the if you look at the spine that they have it's it's actually a really really strong spine yeah right like you've got van dyke the Licht, and probably what you're in timber you're playing in, timber. In, in the back three and then you've got frankie de jong in there yep and then and then you have you know someone like i've seen them play Hakpo or whatever in a 10 and then you've got memphis and Bergwijn or yeah but or that's fluid else. that's like, moving right that's, that's so not even good. like locked yeah. into the same spot that's just like goal creation across the front line and don't forget denzel dumfries Who's ninety five percent of the way off the up. pitch all the time anyway? Yeah, right. Like they and have good enough to, to come back. Like good enough in terms of stamina and skill to come back all the way. And then right. you can play. I don't know who they play at left, left back or left wing back or whoever, but you you still yeah, have the experience of someone like they had somebody there. Yeah, name, but you have someone right. like a daily Blint who can fill in every once in a while if you want to play right. a little bit more possession, a little bit more reserved. Yeah, but they don't need the stars in their position, right? Exactly. Like, it can even be Malasia who plays left. Yeah, Malasia, right? exactly. You can play Malasia there. Yeah, they have they have the options, options and the balance. And what I noticed, actually, you know what's funny? You might laugh at this. You might critique me on this because I'm willing to entertain a discussion. What? They're the opposite of Belgium. Yeah. They're the opposite of Belgium. Belgium have very weak center backs. They have very good midfielders. Very weak right? Who are transitional well. midfielders like De Bruyne and Yuri Tillemans and guys like that who are like really, really good players. Joe disagrees with Tillemans, but that's fine. And then at striker, they have like a big target man who, who's going to be expected to tap in all the goals. Isn't he still injured? 
I think he'll be better for the World Cup. Lukaku? Like, that's my expectation. Yeah. I mean, like, in terms of what they play around. You're, yeah, because, okay, Bashuai played the other day, but, like, is not going to start at the World Cup if Rom's fit, right? But that's the antithesis of what the Dutch team is, right? Which yeah. is kind of cool, especially geographically where they are. Like, they're, they, they share a border, and they're the opposite of each other. As yeah. I think that's cool. That's interesting, right? Anyway. Yeah, I, I do think we've slept on Netherlands a little bit, so yeah. it'll be really interesting, but, you know. We can't miss them at the World Cup, bro, because they're they're uh, they have the shiniest kits in the world. Yeah, that is very true. They're gonna be like, especially oh my god, after the Qatari Heat, I think it's that's gonna be how they win. They're gonna blind everybody. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like they're all gonna be red coming off that. <laughs> well, their opposition is. I don't know how. I don't know how much stamina. Gonna just gonna reflect have. off it and yeah. shine into everybody's eyes. They're gonna look like gold. Frankie De Jong's gonna look like prime time De Bruyne's face. <laughs> like, He's gonna have to wear a hat. Like his mom's Davey, gonna come. Like put you tell him you're gonna put Davy Klassen in heat. Come on, he'll melt instantly. It's true. These guys are gonna have such bad suns, sunburns. By the end of the World Cup, they're gonna have to forfeit when they reach the semis because they're gonna be like, they should just yeah, bro. Like our players like, are so three, burnt. Timber, Ake, yeah. Van Dyke, <laughs> Ake's going to left center back. Yeah, yeah, just bench like all uh, the dark dudes. <laughs> Frankie De Jong only playing for 35 minutes right. at a time. And then play Malassia at the left, Bergwijn, Memphis, and Hakbo. That's your team. There you go. There you go. It's hey. still a really good team. That's, That's the light skin that's taken over, dude. You basically only take the Licht and the Bro- and um, what is it? Oh. The team. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, hey, you know what? There have been worse ideas. <laughs> there have been worse ideas. They're gonna need so much sunscreen. They're gonna need yeah, like hats. Keeping out like, and they're gonna need like fishing hats. You know, like the bucket yeah. hats that cover their ears and stuff. That's how. Yeah. I- it's going to be a World Cup to remember. You need bro. to bring a VAT of SPF 2000. <laughs> exactly. Reapply. Frankie De Jong in it. You know how like Adama lubes up his arms before he plays yeah. to so he's slippery? They're going to be slippery just from how much sunscreen they have on. Yeah. yeah. Ain't going to come near him. Yeah. Anyway, I got I got one more uh, one more thing for us to talk about here. Any final thoughts on Netherlands? Are we good to, to move on from there? Nah, screw it. Let's move on. All right. Uh, the the last thing here that, or the last thing that I want to talk about that we learned from this international window, right? What it taught us out of the World Cup is that the South American giants are living up to the hype. Mm, I like it. Hey, you, you, it's nice to have some spicy South American, right? I'm like, I don't. I want a World, world Cup Cups have been missing that to be like the world. I want. Yeah. I want, dude. I actually low key like I want Portugal to win. Obviously, I want Canada to win. Obviously, not gonna happen, but whatever. I would love for a South American team to win the World Cup. I think that would be That'll so be nice. amazing That'll for nice. like the parody of the sports and the development of programs and the recognition of like where it comes from. Because listen, we all know like, and I'm not talking about Uruguay. Sorry, Uruguay, you're not included in this, but or Ecuador. And I'm sure, and they're both wonderful teams. I can't wait to see both of those teams play at the World Cup too. But Brazil and Argentina are on another level to every other nation. Period. I love it. Brazil and Argentina are in a league of their own, above Europe, above Africa, above everything else. They are absolutely crazy. And I I have to ask you, because both sides are super complete, I'm going to go through some of their squad lists and some pros and cons that I have of each. But I have to ask you, just before we get started here, who are you hotter on, Brazil or Argentina? It's tough to look past Brazil's attack. It's tough to look fast though. They um Bleacher Report posted a um what's it called? What are they called? The carousels, yeah, on Instagram okay. of their attack. And it's just like player after player after player after player. Ridiculous. Like let's name it, right? You've got Coutinho, Neymar, Rafinha, Vinicius, Rodrigo, um, Anthony. Yeah, like there's so many players. Well, I just think of like them starting with 
Gabby at the nine, Neymar Gabriel behind Jesus, him yeah. as the false nine, Vinicius oh on God. one side, Shut Rafinha up. on the other. Shut up. Brother. That's insane. Where else can you get a front and four you still like ha- that? You still have Rodrigo Coutinho and Anthony on the bench. You st- like, yeah, like on. just the other options are preposterous. Like, what are we talking about And here? Martinelli as well, right? Like, and Paqueta, if you want to throw him into yeah. an attacking midfield spot, because let's be real, he's not going to play defensive midfield. Like... And this is just the 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 ones we know from Europe, right? I don't even know about the, the South American ones who are gonna come through yeah. and just like really make a name for themselves because this is not, you know, like the Fred of old, right? Or or Fred from from United. But like you remember that Fred, like Must OG Fred, Fred yeah. from, from Brazil, or like yeah, yeah. Joe spelled Fred J-O with the little much, accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had like players like that not that long ago, and those were not dead players. This is like crazy how far this is. Those are like world-class players in damn near every position and it's terrifying and the thing is that Argentina Bonito is back bro like bro, it's big time and credit has to be given to Argentina here because they have about a thousand tens right including Messi yeah. right and Messi <laughs> finally has some support around him where he's not going to be forced to to carry the entire squad he's actually going to be like lifted by a midfield ready to protect him and work through games in the middle of the park so that Messi has this enabling ability to just be himself yeah. and get the best out of his teammates. They've and if it's Julian Alvarez, now. if it's Di Maria, if it's like whoever they decide to play up there with them, yeah, that's a they're going to score. And if they're scoring and beating teams in midfield, bro, like they're going to be a serious problem too. It may not be Joga Bonito in the same way, but it's not something to sleep on. No, but it's, yeah, you're right. Argentina have, have dropped past like or they've they've gone past the names and they're now playing with a system that yeah. is a workhorse in midfield and a workhorse in attack yeah. and just solid defensively that it's just like it's so nice to see big time because that this is what we've been crying out for Argentina when they've had bigger players every everywhere on the pitch and they they just haven't been doing it so it's yeah. it's so nice to see that now big time and i have i have some like interesting because it's going to be for a lot of people like well, how do you split them? How do you split the right. two, right? If Brazil have the better attack, you know, do they are they better everywhere? Like, you know, we can't forget it wasn't that long ago that Argentina won the Copa America, but Brazil finished higher in the qualifiers, right? In the World Cup qualifying table. So, like, if we're going by form, by class, it's, it's going to take something to split the two. And so I wanted to propose something here. Okay. Right? Because we have to acknowledge Brazil won the qualifiers, right? They finished top, right? Both teams were unbeaten, but Brazil went... Uh, they had, uh, let's see, like 14 wins and three draws, no losses. Okay. And Argentina had 11 wins and six draws, right? So maybe in a table, Brazil edges them when they're playing more consistently. But in yeah. a tournament, the most recent yeah. view was Argentina beat them. Yeah. So does the pressure get to Brazil or, or is Argentina more of a tournament team? Well, let's look at it, right? Because I, I looked at this, right? I think Brazil have better CDMs. Okay. And if you're going to look at a tournament, you kind of want that, right? You want like to combine with this sensational, glorious attack that they have. What do they need behind them? They're going to need like a a midfielder who can hold it down, at least one. And then I would actually argue that they need a transitional midfield too, like an eight, Mm -hmm. right? Because you need like a box to box player. You need a six proper. You need someone to link it. Right. And then you can enable all this stuff to go on ahead of them. Right. For me, that's that's uh, Bruno Guimaraes without question yeah. next to Casemiro or Fabinho, one of the two. Right. But those like six options are, are fantastic. Imagine what Neymar will be enabled to do with these types of players around him and behind him. Yeah. And then talk about their back line. 
It's preposterous. You know? Backline, you can talk about you know all you want. You can have Eder Militao playing as a right back if you wanted to, just to fit in the center backs, right? If it's Thiago Silva, if it's Marquinhos, if it's Gleison Bremer, if it's yeah. who am I missing, right? Like these like world-class, world-class center backs and like not just world-class now, but like historically like wonderful center backs like Thiago Silva, who's still doing the damn thing and wants to lead this and win the World Cup on his way out. It's yeah. not David Luiz here, bro. You no, know what I mean? Like these, these it, options it really are ridiculous. Isn't. And let's say it's Alex Tellez at, at left back, just for the, for argument's sake, you can say it's Renan Lodi, right? Like, Renan Lodi, you have a ton of options. They have so many players everywhere on the pitch. Brazil are a very, very complete squad. But then we have to look at Argentina. Argentina have more center midfield options. Yeah. Right? Because let's be real, for Brazil, they have like two or three that are like damn near world-class. Even Paqueta, you can throw in there to be like, if he wants to play where Bruno Gomes is going to play, fine. But then after that, you're like, okay, well then where do we go? Do we go to Fred? Because I don't really want to go to Fred, right? I don't want to have like Fred playing in Brazil's World Cup winning midfield. That's just, for me, that that's even mentally like a step down, a big step down from what we've seen from Fred over the last how long, right? Yeah. Even if under Ten Hag, he's been, he's been decent since, you know, reintegration. He starts again. He starts for Brazil, though. Like he plays. I, I know. I just. I don't think like, that he'll play ahead of Bruno Guimarães in the World Cup. Like no, for me, I, don't, I, I think that he shouldn't at least. Yeah, he shouldn't at least. I think Bruno Guimarães offers many, many, many like different and better things, especially yeah. for the tournament style. I think you're going to want that that solidity that 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 uh, he offers. But then you look at Argentina. Let's look at some of their center mid options, right? Rodrigo de Paul, right? Alexis McAllister, Enzo Fernandez, Leandro Enzo Paredes, Fernandez, Giovanni yeah. Lacelso, just as center mid options, right? Pick three of them, and you have all of these are extremely hardworking, box to box, but like gritty players. Yeah. Well, bro, let me tell you, that's the perfect thing to enable Argentina's attack. And I know you don't like Di Maria, but freeing Di Maria of defensive duties, freeing Dybala of defensive duties, freeing Messi of defensive duties. It's all they're going to be able to do is create. Roma is Dybala as well. Right. And, and uh, yeah, can you imagine that we forgot that? And uh, and also Julian Alvarez, who's a relentless workhorse up top. Still got Lotar Martinez. We still have Lotar Martinez, who we didn't yeah. even mention. So, like, the balance in their squad, it's a, it's a juxtaposition there, too, because they also have some CDMs, right? They have Palacios, Rodriguez, who, but they're not, like, in the same name caliber to compare no, no, them no. to the CDMs that Brazil have. But in terms of center mid options, you go... Well, they do have a lot of those, right? Yeah. They got a lot of those. So I don't know who edges who here, but that battle, I think, will be... Like, it'll be so interesting. It'll be so interesting. And against the elite European teams too. Because yeah. if Brazil comes up against Portugal or if, or if uh, it, you know, the only situation where Argentina and Portugal can face each other is if it's in the final, if they both win their groups. Seriously? So, yeah. If they, both, if they both win their groups, then they'll both... Uh, that's sick. They'll, they'll meet the final. That's the only other time they can meet, which would be like the the be all end all of the debate, right? Story. Yeah, yeah. Like that would just be it. But it will break the world. It would break the world. Yeah. But if it was Brazil versus you know France, if it's that's always a classic. Like against any of the and or against England, Germany. like Germany. Yeah. Germany are in poor form right now too. Netherlands, like whoever it is. I can't wait to see how this team approaches those games and Argentina the same thing because. These teams are in form going into the World Cup and mm -hmm. they're in better form than the European teams. And they, they seem to have things much more figured out in terms of player style, like player profiles, chemistry, team necessities. They're on fire. Yeah. Yeah. They And they want it more. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? You can tell that they yeah. want it more. But I do think a lot, of, a lot more people will 
we'll say Brazil edges it because of the attack. You know, that's, that was the yeah. first thing I said too, right? Like a lot, of, a lot more people will look at Brazil and say, yeah, we can't look past that. But we've said that before about other teams and, and we've been proven wrong, right? Like you yeah. need grit in a, in a tournament like this. Yeah. You need and they grit, have that. You need firepower. You need passion. You need a system that is functioning yep. who, where everybody knows where they're going to, what they're going to do and they're going to work for each other. And that's Argentina. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? That that's also Brazil. Like if, if <laughs> Neymar, if Neymar and Neymar is a bit of an X factor here, because in the last world cup, he was pathetic. If he, he was just up. trying to, he was yeah. just trying to do, Everything he was noodle hair. He wanted all the attention. He wasn't enabling squad cohesion, but the squad wasn't anywhere near as good as it is now, right? This squad in particular, if Neymar keeps up his current club form mm. at the World Cup and focuses on else. the team, yeah, it's devastating for everyone. Else. I don't, I don't know if even Argentina, who are about as perfectly balanced as you can get but marginally weaker, right? They don't have as good center backs. Yeah. They don't have as good CDMs, but they're a better cohesive squad. I would, I would give them that. Brother. It's a good recipe for an entertaining World Cup. Dude, That's what that is. No kidding. I'm not missing that game. I'll no. call in sick to, I'll quit. I'll, I would miss I'll my way yeah. ahead of that, bro. There is nothing on the planet Earth that would keep me away from, from these games. And I can't, wait for the world cup to start bro like i'm so excited for this to come around i'm excited to and for the content the win, that we're gonna the produce winner is yeah and then cuddle up with a hot chocolate you know what i mean yeah merry christmas <laughs> like you know? woke up ends music there you go exactly bro like i want every like halftime break to just be like a mariah carey christmas music video oh just to get right exactly <laughs> that should be the world cup song dude that should be wouldn't that cup. be the greatest thing Dude, that would be hilarious if they remixed that song and that was the World Cup song because that's exactly what they don't even need do. to remix it. All I want for Christmas is you, but the you in question is the World Cup trophy. Like yeah, bro. No, they would need to remix it. Just add a little bit of like flair to it, just to take it up. <laughs> but da, 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 exactly. Na, 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 na. Oh my god, <laughs> so fun, dude. If you are listening to this and you're telling me you wouldn't get absolutely hyped to that, change. We're copywriting the show right this now. idea, by the way. Yes, we are. We're pitching Mariah this to carry out the World Cup TM brought Trade to you by the Jersey. Wall podcast. <laughs> What's the date? We got to say the date. We already September twenty sixth, two thousand twenty two. Nineteen forty three, September twenty sixth, Monday, twenty twenty three. Bang! Yeah. Run it up, run <laughs> it up, dude! Hilarious. Our team will be in touch. Our team, yeah. Me, it's just me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the team. But you know what? We already have our Reddit for for the Instagram post. Damn straight, we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I'm gonna drop this come World Cup time, like. When the World Cup song comes out and everyone's like, this isn't like what happened to like the OG World Cup songs? I'm gonna be like, this is what it should be. Yeah, when they announce like freaking Travis Scott is doing the World Cup song or something. I don't like know that. who it is. Yeah, it's a rapper. It was a modern rapper, but I don't listen to modern rap, so I don't know who it is. But yeah. I know that it hasn't captivated me. Nothing no. will ever be Shakira, nothing will ever nothing be Kano will ever be Waka Waka or you know, you know Waving flag. flag. Those that was so it's hard to accept when something was away wasn't from an original. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to just look back and be like, how could anything be better than that? And be like, no, I can't. nothing. Nothing, nothing will ever be better. Be better. That. That's why you have to stay away from original songs about the World Cup and just go to Mariah Carey. Yeah. She already exactly. makes a shit ton of money about from this song anyway. It's every true. year in December. So her royalties are coming thaw, in that time of month anyway. Have her thaw in the Qatari heat and then <laughs> let her know. emerge for the halftime show. Exactly. For the first day, like Dua Lipa. <laughs> 
Every single halftime. And Qatar is small enough where she can go from stadium to stadium. Yeah, there you, you go. Put her on the train, the on the bullet train. Let's go. Run it up, Mariah. Yeah. Not even just helicopter. Fido, 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 fido. If you're a family guy fan, you'll know. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, dude. Is that it? No, hold on. You have um, to shout we have out to have a shout out. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go As ahead, I'm wearing so this tennis t-shirt, too. we have to shout out one of the absolute goats like this i haven't recovered yet i don't think a level of emo- ever emotionally recover from this because roger federer has officially retired and all of sports not even tennis is worse off for it yeah shut up yeah speaking of og goats we we're talking about the yeah. songs bro he is the waving flag of of tennis players yeah you know yeah, what i mean exactly yeah. he's up there he's up there yeah absolutely is like you i don't i don't think people understand what Nadal crying at Roger's retirement means. We've never seen this before. No. We've never seen where your biggest rival is also your best like friend. Mourns is, you. Like mourns you. Yeah. Mourns the day that you leave. Like to the yeah. point where in the press conference he said, when Roger retires or as he retires, a part of me leaves the tour as well. Like this is this is like we know there we know there are bromance off the court, but yeah. to have not only him, like Murray and Djokovic were in tears as well. Like yeah. not as much as Nadal, but to have yeah, your Nadal biggest rivals, yeah, respect you so much that they're crying at your retirement will never happen again. That's no, uh, like and not at that uh, level. Like yeah, like Ronaldo and Messi wouldn't cry at each other's things. There's just no, no. chance. Like in any other sport, I, I, find me another sport where that happened. Like it'll never happen in tennis again. It's not. It's not even like about the sport anymore. It's like. It's genuinely like these four players. This will never happen again. Like yeah. with three like of a them Mount Rushmore, a modern day Mount Rushmore. Some of the elite of yeah. the elites in athletics. Never mind just the sport yeah. of tennis. And I say this as a person who's not an especially huge tennis fan, but sometimes like accolades and performances and notoriety, it just supersedes a sport. And Federer was 100%. one of those. He's just a freaking monster. And to retire from the sport is one thing, but to see the impact that he had on sports as a whole, where mm-hmm. imagine that your greatest rival is weeping at your absence from the sport, understanding that this chapter is over. Like, Do you that, want me to make it better for you? Go for it. Nadal wasn't even scheduled to play this tournament until wow. he found out about the retirement. He, Federer told him 10 days before everyone else knew because Nadal's wife is expecting a child sometime soon so he was supposed to be in spain supporting wow. his wife while his son was getting delivered i hope and they lucky name him, him roger i hope they name lucky him, roger. him i hope they name him roger the too. greatest thing of all time they did yeah like a spanish like how would they say roger or something i don't know i don't know what say, but it would be yeah roger Federer. um but like for your greatest rival to miss potentially his son be or daughter being born to come see you off and then dip is is amazing like it'll never happen again no yeah and and like that's accolades aside like this we haven't i haven't even spoken about and i can go for hours and hours and hours and days talking about roger Federer. this is like textbook textbook technique in every single way like you know when messi was just like it supersedes ability like it's It's like it's it's impossible that you're this good he's the perfect player like someone in heaven went you're gonna be (laughs) and and he just was right unbelievable amazing yeah. Amazing. And so happy retirement, Raj. Happy Wonderful. You definitely deserved it. We'll miss you. Great job. Another round of applause. Great job, Raj. You're wonderful. We admire you. We love you. Beginning of the end, and I will never recover. That's it, bro. Can we wrap it? Yes. Is that it for Absolutely. episode number 163 
of the Jersey Wall podcast, 163, 163 episodes of the podcast where now the Jersey Wall as a flagship copyrighted entity is a channel, and I will call it a channel or a vessel for content creation that has exceeded 1.5 million views, downloads, streams. That's a lot of zeros. Everything you got to do across all platforms. The bulk of it is on TikTok, but hey, who's counting? Guys, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka MasterChef Nay. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on TikTok. And you know what you're going to find there. Brethren, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Instagram at mina.golly98 and on Twitter, it is at minafgolly. Boom. Don't forget to follow the Jersey Wall Podcast at TJW Podcast on Instagram. And make sure you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com right now. Click the link in our description and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We adore you and we'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby.